0: Welcome back, movie lovers, to the Cinemates Podcast. I'm Mike Jose Collins, and joined with me today is, as always, Jake Schultz. What up, what up? What's going on, Jake?
1: Uh, I'm all right. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Today, we are going to be talking about the brand new Sophia Coppola of Movie, Priscilla, the biopic about Elvis's uh, young, young wife. So we got a lot to dive into, a Emphasis brand on new the review. Young Emphasis one, on eh? the young. Uh, we'll also probably get to... The SAG
1: after strike officially coming to a close. Hallelujah. It's no more. It has been 119, well, 118, 119 days now. The strike is done. Yeah. Hollywood. A lot more projects
0: are about (laughs) to uh, be filmed and come out. And uh, probably we'll get to some of your comments on our latest horror TikToks. Uh, You guys did not disappoint on those ones. But first, why don't we dive into. Priscilla, our review. We saw the brand new biopic on Tuesday. Uh, this came out on Friday, I believe. It was, this, it was a release this weekend, right? came out last Friday. Last Friday, okay. Wonderful. Uh, why don't you give us a, a, a breakdown of the movie?
1: Absolutely, so Priscilla, when teenager Priscilla Boyou meets Elvis Presley at a party, the man who's already at a meteoric rock and roll superstar becomes someone entirely unexpected in private moments, a thrilling crush, an alley in loneliness, and a gentle best friend. What a description that is also. Yikes. That, that is the Wikipedia description. That is... I don't know if Wikipedia watched this movie. I don't think they did either. Um, Let's get into this immediately, shall we, Mike? I'm, I'm going to flip to you because you recently have watched more Sofia Coppola. So you, you have a feel for Sofia's filmmaking. And yeah. I know that you had some strong thoughts coming out of the theater because normally when we watch movies, we don't like to talk as soon as the movie's over because we like to keep everything kind of fresh until we watch this, but felt like there was a lot of conversation to be had.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, I really, really like this thing. I I had come off straight up the heels of Marie Antoinette, so I have had Sofia Coppola in my mind. Um, One thing I want to talk to you about, I know after this movie you said, you know, one of the reasons why, I'm not going to spoil your review of this, but a reason why that you did like it is because uh, it was something that you didn't expect. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very on brand for Sophia Coppola. It's very much almost some of the exact same movies of Marie Antoinette. It's almost like an arm and a leg, so I'm glad that I think you enjoyed it. So I think you will like Marie Antoinette then. Okay. Uh, it is very much a – what's the word? It's like Ibsen's A Doll's House. Uh, this is sort of the review I put out on Letterbox. But Ibsen's A Doll's House is one of, the, one of my favorite plays. Um, it's about a woman escaping – Obviously, her family and sort of coming to terms with the fact that she's unhappy in her marriage. And this is sort of set in the same ways that that is accepted through the reality of a very young teenage girl uh, falling in love with a a mega celebrity at the time. And Mm -hmm. I think that's um, one of Coppola's like prime things about her movies is it's about a young woman in a very complicated older man's world and navigating that reality. And especially at a place of privilege, where the privilege in this movie is almost more of a tragedy because she does have this incredibly privileged privileged life, but she can't truly be herself or discover who she is because there's this uh, menacing, controlling figure. I think with all art, especially in acting and, and movies especially, it's for directing, like everything is a choice. And I think this movie is the prime example of how every single scene, there was a choice to do something from the way that it looks. And by the way, Sofia Coppola, I think after watching this movie, the way she sets up scenes are truly phenomenal to look at. Everything is beautiful in all of her movies. And one of the things I do have a knock about this movie is I'll, I'll get to it later, but it is about the way that it looks. Uh, but just from a, a first reaction, I, I really, really loved it. I thought it was a brilliant and every single choice she made, um, She's, she's the daughter of two very great screenwriters, right, Coppola? Yep. Who use very much, like, these grand speeches in a lot of their movies, and I think this works as the perfect antithesis movie to the Elvis movie that came out two years ago and almost the perfect antithesis movie to her parents' movies because there's no grand speeches. They're, the script is not big. It's not elegant. It almost says so much with so little – And I think that's really what a lot of this beautiful, the beautiful parts of this movie come out. Um, One of the biggest things about this is she truly captures what it's like as a 14-year-old girl to fall in love with like a celebrity. She makes the Elvis celebrity almost more of a character than the actual celebrity or Elvis part. I think the acting was brilliant in this thing. And I think even when it came down to choices for casting, casting Jacob Elardi as a 6'5 actor 6'6". Six, 6'6 six. Six, six actor as a, massive, as a massive figure added to the look uh, of the movie, and yeah. it added to the menacing figure of Elvis. So I, I truly, truly, really like this thing. Um, it is really just about this, this girl who's living in this wonderful life, but all she can do is observe. All she can do is look. She's longing. She's confused, and... A lot of her movies I don't think have catharsis, and this movie does have a, a very nice ending with the catharsis that it does give you. So, yeah.
1: What about you? The way that you described this film to me when we first walked out was you either get it or you don't. And that's very much how I felt watching this movie because naturally it throws a lot at you while at the same time you might pull back and you feel like while you're watching it, oh, it doesn't really feel like it's putting that much on me. It just kind of feels like it's slice of life, life vignettes getting pieced together... That's kind of what the film is. And that's kind of what I respected about it a little bit more is that a lot of the stuff, a lot of the background, a lot of the, the lore of, the, of Elvis Presley that we know this side, this is based off a book, the Elvis and me book, which Priscilla did write. And she's an executive producer on this. So knowing all of the other stuff around there, like the subtle storytelling was so effective. And I think it was sold even better by the two performances of Kaylee Spaney and Jacob Elordi. Caley Spaney is like not flashy whatsoever. Her performance is really subtle, and I kind of I mirrored this a little bit to Lily Gladstone and Killers of the Flower Moon. I thought that they both were able to tell such distinct story character beats through their facial performances, through just the way that the director directs them through the scenes, and it's so effective and affecting. And naturally, you're going to get comparisons to this and Elvis, which came out last year, which, side note... I think I respect this movie more knowing Elvis, seeing what we saw last year with that film because there's such different stark portrayals of this this person. Yeah, The Elvis that we knew in Austin Butler's version is a very flashy, very over the top, very just what we know from Elvis in general. Like this yeah. is what the Elvis brand wants us to know as Elvis. His was more of
0: like, an impersonator a character no, I mean, impersonator is a strong word but it, it, it was more the character He's the, performer. the celebrity of Elvis rather yes. than the, the this
1: the is human the human being. being this is what Jacob Elordi yeah. has been in this film and it, and,
0: and not even just Jacob Elordi, the way that Coppola like takes um these moments that you don't really get in a biopic like there's a moment where Elvis is he's reading yogi books and and self-help books and he's sort of becoming like a a preacher character is something that you really don't get because it's just a really weird part in someone's life.
1: Yeah, I thought that the quote from Coppola when she was asked about why there is no music in this film was really stood out to me was that they don't like projects that they haven't originated and they're protective of their brand. And that's kind of what this feels. It feels like it was a little bit of a deconstruction of the icon that everyone knew as Elvis because everyone knows him as that flashy over-the-top character and Alordi just isn't that. He doesn't sing in the movie. He doesn't dance. He doesn't really do any of that. You have a couple of scenes, a couple of flashes of him on stage, and that's more of the vignette style of just kind of to showcase what happened when he went to Vegas. But it's so special having both of these performances, and I don't really want to sit here and compare the two because I think it's unfair to compare a performer to the character performance. But both are so good. Alordi is so menacing and his casting, like you said, it's a little weird at first, especially you know him as the euphoria guy who's kind of off his rocker in that f- series, but it makes sense when you watch this because he is so good at being- He's great at doing this
0: this type of character. Yeah,
1: just the menacingness and his facial expressions as well. Like he, There's a couple shots that I really liked that he's staring over top of Priscilla and You just his face is a little bit more shadowed and it's just so menacing and it's so affecting like that and that those moments stuck with me so much more throughout this film and I love both of them I really like this movie too like I said it's a really good movie but there's people out there that are trying to criticize it for not being this performance of Elvis and I just I don't really think it's fair to be doing that and also you're part of the problem if you're doing that because that's this film isn't that. And I, I get it. It's going to annoy a lot of people that are huge fans of Elvis because they don't want to admit that this story, their relationship, on the surface level, is very effed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just, it, is what it is. That's that is what it is. And it's told so well. And clearly, this was a very personal story. And no one better than Sofia Coppola to bring that to the screen.
0: No, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think, like, uh, just like the in, the intent, I think. Every, everything was so intentional and everything had to be communicated without saying something. It, it's just as great like F you to biopics. Mm-hmm. The character of Elvis is a character, but it's all of the com- complexity and the nuance of who Elvis was as an actual human being. It's not the Elvis biopic. It's the Priscilla biopic. Yeah, And it's about this woman navigating being in this celebrity. And it, it was truly fantastic. Um, a lot of things, though, didn't work for me. Obviously, famously, they couldn't get the music to Elvis because his estate wouldn't allow it for a movie like this. Because it's, it doesn't shy away from the fact that Elvis is not necessarily a good person. It doesn't outright say it, though, which is something that I really liked about this movie. Is It's not, it's not slandering Elvis. It's just like, hey, this is a person. This is a complex human being. And get whatever you want from that, and if you don't get that he's a bad person, then I don't think you got the movie, but he is a very bad person.
1: (laughs) There's people out there that are saying that, though. There's so many people out there, oh, this isn't an anti-Elvis film at all. What movie are you watching? Yeah. Well, It doesn't paint him in a great light. No. Like, he's emotionally manipulative. He is physically abusive at points. It doesn't shy away from that at all, but no. so what? You just have blinders on your eyes, going, "Oh no, he's a perfect human being." Oh good, uh, I ain't not a murder hound dog. They just have that in their mind the entire time during the film. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um,
0: uh, sorry, what I was saying. Things that didn't work for me were the music, the way that the music went. Um, I I understand that it can't be super fantastical because I don't think that was the point of the movie, but I did I did want it to sound better. I, I didn't like a lot of the song choices, not not to be like. I don't think an Elvis movie has to be super spectacular, but I, I wasn't a fan of the song choices. And why didn't they just give her more money? She's one of the best directors, as I said at the top of the show. Like, She can create these beautiful pieces. Like, just give her a million more dollars, and Graceland could have been way more cool. I think it worked. All of the things that, by the way, I don't like about this movie, I think also you could make the argument work for the movie. Because the fact that she didn't have the money, it made it seem so much more claustrophobic, and I think that was... Um, um, basically intentional. That was going to be because, my counterpoint yeah. to you.
1: I I really liked that the music wasn't in the film. I just thought it was like you said, way more confrontational. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, um, the end too.
0: I loved the Dolly Parton. I will always love you. I thought that was fantastic, and and one of my biggest knocks with the music. But yeah, just just give her more money. I think give a twenty four though. Sophia
1: Coppola all the money. A twenty four doesn't have the most expensive films.
0: No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not, not I just, I would have liked to see Graceland like pop more, mm. but I think it, it made sense for it trying to be claustrophobic. There's also these like, this isn't something I dislike about this movie, I was just thinking, the things that you don't get from biopics that you get from a movie like this, like an anti-biopic biopic, is like the famous photo of Elvis and Priscilla on her knees in that one scene, and then you get the... The background information, and he, like, just can't stand looking at his kid. The discontent they have for each other is so, like, palpable. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautifully done scene. Every scene in this movie is, like, freaking fantastic. The way that she looks, by the way, as a child to, to adulthood is, like, whoever the person in charge of making her look like that was fantastic. Because I was, like, is this a different actress? Yeah. <laughs> it, like,
1: it's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too at first, and then she's not. She's like twenty three, I believe. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, they did that really well. I, I just, I liked the film, man. It was a good movie. I, I, I liked it a lot more. I, an anti biopic is a good way to do it. I was gonna think of an inverse biopic. Inverse biopic, I like that better. Should we dub it an inverse biopic? Yeah. There's also some scenes where our theater was just straight up laughing though. <laughs>
0: There's some funny moments and there I is. and
1: unintentionally like I think the biggest laugh was the, uh, uh, I'm gonna be a daddy. Yeah, when Priscilla was revealing that she was pregnant, I have never heard a theater just like awkwardly laugh and then burst out laughing when they realized that everyone was laughing at the same time because literally the, the, the stutter, the uh, uh, I'm gonna, be, I'm a gonna be a daddy. And then you were just dying beside me too.
0: Yeah, it was quite funny. Uh, no, I, I I really, really love this movie and I think it opens up broader conversations for especially what Jacob Elordi could be with his career because like at this rate like is this the next Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt? Like is this guy going to be the next mega
1: celebrity? This guy started on The Kissing Booth, man. The Kissing Booth's a great movie, but we've already had this debate. <laughs> but a fantastic movie. We're not going back to We're the not going movie. back to The Kissing Booth. Anyway, go watch but Kissing Booth 2. That just shows <laughs> <laughs> That just shows the how much trust people have in this guy. And yeah. he's 26. Like he, this guy's the limit for his career. He has Saltburn coming out a little bit later this month too with Emerald Fennell, which who, who did Promising Young Woman. Like, th- that's probably going to yeah. be just another great performance from him. And he is one of the better parts of Euphoria. So it makes sense. And I'm happy that he has this portrayal. And I'm happy like that it stands there with Austin Butler. Two very different performances, but both special in their own right at showing two different sides of Elvis. Yeah,
0: well, why don't we compare? Obviously, I don't think the conversation needs to be about comparison, but these are two Elvis's, Elvis movies pretty close to each other. And there's two, two very different performances. So uh, I know you were way higher on the... Elvis biopic than I was. I think I I gave it two stars. You gave it three and a half. Yeah. I thought that movie was terrible, but I thought Austin Butler was freaking phenomenal in that movie, and I had a ton of fun with that movie. I did enjoy that movie a lot. I just think the movie as a film was really, really bad, but why why don't you give me
1: your comparison? I think every once in a while, it's kind of the same thing with Gran Turismo this year, is that there's a film that is not necessarily the best movie that comes out, but I have a lot of fun with it, And that's exactly what Elvis is. And it's led off with just a star-making performance. Yeah. And it's carried on the back of him. I don't like Baz Luhrmann as a director. That's like it's quite known if you look through my letterbox that <laughs> I'm not a fan of him. I think his over the top stylistic stuff just doesn't work for me. I think sometimes it works really really well.
0: In, in cases like Moulin Rouge or like sure. I know you don't like Romeo and Juliet, but I think no. that that's my favorite Shakespeare depiction in theater and I love like Kenneth Branagh and stuff.
1: The movie's too long. The direction is well the play is too long. It's the play. I'm talking about Elvis now. Oh, Elvis. The yeah, movie's Elvis too long. Is too long. <laughs> yeah, Roman and July. It's fine. Tom I Hanks just, is doing something. <laughs> as Tom well Hanks is genuinely one of the worst performances I've seen of him, and I really like Tom Hanks. I think Tom that's Hanks. his worst. Yeah, it has to be. It probably it? is worse. I don't you like know what, mine. though? I feel
0: like in like 30 years, people are going to watch t- Forrest Gump and be like, who Who <laughs> thought this was good? This is horrible. It could Honestly, 30 years from now, it could be very offensive. Yeah. Has it
1: not already reached close to that point yet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think it's too beloved right now. Okay. Too many 90s babies. Still kicking or 90s uh, fans. Yeah. When did that movie come out?
1: 94, 93, 94. Sometime around then. Anyway, go on. That was the Tom Hanks boom, him and Toy Story. Yeah, I, I just, it's not a great film, but I enjoyed it and I enjoyed more of the fantasized version of Elvis' life. Now, if I was to go and maybe rewatch a film, it, it's hard to really be like, do I really want to rewatch Priscilla or do I want to watch Elvis because they're so starkly different? Yeah. But this is just obviously a better film. Sophia Coppola is a better director. Jacob Alorty is a better. Uh, I, I, it's hard to say with them, but I never was really an Austin Butler fan until Elvis. You didn't like Zoe 101? Hannah Montana? Hannah Montana. He was
0: great in Hannah Montana. He was better in Zoe yeah. 101. Was he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go on. <laughs> Did you watch Zoe 102 yet? Dude, come on.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 for me, it's just it's hard to pick one. I think that they're both very different things, and it's kind of like comparing Elton John, the performance by Taron Egerton, to Austin Butler. Like they're just they're different, and yeah, on the surface level, they have a same character or same circumstances or story beats, but they're just, they're different. And I honestly didn't really see him as Elvis for most of the film too, because it's like, this feels like a drama period piece. And that's just a testament to how well it was written. And his voice is good too. I know there's a couple of people that were like, Oh, it was a little jarring with his voice. And I liked it. I thought it was, that was pretty good. So yeah, I just like both. And it's hard for me to sit here and pick between the two. What about you? Uh, it's really tough.
0: I don't think I, I agree with you. I think it'd be dishonest to give it an actual comparison because they're just completely different movies. One is this absolutely fantastical, wonderful. Let's get lost in the in the, it the has fame Doja that Cat was the Elvis. Film. It's got Doja Cat with a dope song, by the way. The music in that ruled. The movie looks fantastic, but I mean, this is just uh, uh, it works so well. This movie, two years after you know the story of Elvis as well, and you're like. You watch Elvis appear in Priscilla's life at these certain moments in in time that you're like, I know the story behind this. You're piecing it happening. together you're with piecing, the backstory and, of Elvis. Yeah, it, it, it's truly phenomenal. And I think Jacob Elordi was more of a choice and everything he was doing was a choice. And I'm going to keep saying choice because this movie is the definition of every scene has a purpose, is intentional, the choices behind everything. Whatever Jacob Elordi was doing, he was channeling something that was anti-Austin Butler and Austin Butler was the, a character. I think personally, I like this movie so much more than than the Elvis movie. Yeah, but I loved Austin Butler's performance in that movie, mm-hmm. and I think it. I enjoyed that one more, but I think it's just because I had more fun with it. But I think Jacob Elordi could do Austin Butler, and I don't think Austin Butler could do the Jacob Elordi Elvis.
1: Yeah, maybe. I think I've just seen Elordi being way too menacing now recently. Yeah, to picture him as anything but else. Wouldn't that make
0: make it so much more? Three dimensional than what whatever Austin Butler gave us.
1: Yeah, but the Elvis estate would have never allowed that. No,
0: and I, I loved. I I even loved the way that they used um, one song at the beginning where where Jacob Lordy's p- playing piano, and it's like a cover of a song that Elvis was famous for, but it wasn't a Elvis song, so they could use it. And I thought that was a, a greatly done way. Also, does he play piano, Jacob Lordy? Yeah, because he played piano in um, what's that movie with Anna De Armas, where he like seduces her. Deepwater Horizon or Deep hori- Deepwater. Deep water. Deep water. Deep water. Yeah. You uh, you combined. Deepwater Horizon. <laughs> you combined all uh, those together. Oh I feel my like God. He, he must play piano because it looked like he was actually playing. He definitely wasn't singing. It, you was watched Deep Water? Yeah. Were you just trying to relive Ben Affleck? Okay, and get, over and Armas get over it. Get over I'm a big Ben Affleck guy. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, um, well, why don't we rate it? Why don't we give our, our ratings here? Um, I originally gave this four stars. I think I'm moving closer to four and a half. Okay. Um, but I really want to rewatch it. I don't think I can move it to four and a half yet because there were parts where I did want it to hold my hand, and I know that's a really stupid thing, especially after we're saying that everything is a super intentional. But there's parts where you're like, in a movie now, in entertainment, I'm, I'm not blaming the movie. I'm saying that the way we live now is like, okay, but explain something to me now, please. Like I would also sort of like to have my hand held. And I think even that knock... You could make the case isn't a knock, so I don't know. I want to rewatch it because there's a lot of scenes that I, I think are even more deliberate than I think and more intentional. So I, I'm gonna give it four stars.
1: Cool, I give it four stars. Also, I think that's the first time that we've
0: unanimously met. agreed on a movie.
1: And it took Priscilla to do it. Yeah, I really liked the film. I think it's a great character study of Priscilla, yeah. and I really enjoyed the portrayal of Elvis. I love the antithesis to everything that Baz Luhrmann did in his film. Jacob Alordi's great. He's literally probably one of the bigger up-and-comers that I can think of right now. Yeah. He's going to, Saltburn's only just going to carry that momentum even more. I'm really excited for that film. Yeah, the shots are great. Sofia Coppola, this is my favorite film of her. I don't know if that's a hot take at all. I'm not a lost in translation guy, I I was okay on on the rocks. This just feels very personal and very deliberate and methodical. And I love those types of films. And I enjoyed it. And I want more. Yeah. And I probably will end up rewatching it. It just it feels like it, it was. It's not a rough watch, but it does take a bit out of you at times because There's, it it there nothing happens
0: and everything is happening all at the same time. And yeah. if, and it's exactly what we said. If you don't get it. You're not going to, like, you have to get it. You have to get it. If you don't get it right away, you're not going to be able to buy in, and you have to get it. And it's something with all I'm really glad you like this movie because Sofia Coppola is on a brand new wave, and it is just going to keep popping from here, brother. Marie Antoinette, there's, there's been, like, a, a re, resurface of that movie lately where people are popping off about it. It's a fantastic movie. I watched it for the first time just a couple weeks ago. Truly phenomenal. Uh, and I think if you really if you like this movie, you'll love Marie Antoinette.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Even yeah. though you said last podcast that I wasn't
0: gonna like it. Well, I'm. I didn't think you would like this movie too. But isn't that the out.
1: opposite though? Because you said that movie was very campy.
0: Yeah. Soup. Soup. This movie was campy too, dude. Oh, I don't know about that. The way that. Oh, I don't know. Oh, are we gonna go. Are this, we this, gonna movie, unfeel this movie this was a bit camp more? because. Okay, so the costumes that they do and everything that she is wearing and and all of that is, not necessarily over the top, but that's how she expresses herself, right? And it's the same with Marie Antoinette. It's this woman in privilege. You can't really navigate this this world that she's living in. And um, it has this great... Okay, maybe it's less campy because you're going to watch the movie you're going to be like, what is the music choices here? Also, are they wearing Converse? And that's why it's super campy. This movie is more nuanced rather than camp. Uh, so may- I don't know. Maybe you'll hate Marie Antoinette then because the soundtrack goes crazy in that movie and it does not pay tribute to what the actual, I think... You're just Historical making people watch it, was? Now. Uh, dude. Go, go watch it.
1: If honestly, if you're giving me this opinion, I think you will like Marie Antoinette. Okay. Yeah, four stars across the board from us. Yeah. Also, Elvis is a gaslighter. That one scene <laughs> where he just turned up was just like, I need a break, and she's like, okay, and then he's like, oh no, I'm sorry, I take it back.
0: Yeah, I, I, I re- would really love to get some other people's opinions on this movie because I think yeah, this, go see I, it. Yeah, I think this is a beautiful, not. It's a beautiful film, and such a. Terrifying depiction of the reality that is grooming and manipulative, just horrible relationships, abusive relationships, and people navigating that. And I think it's just a—it's a tremendous. It's not necessarily a good ending. The, I mean, the ending to the movie is good, but there's there's not really like a—you don't really know what comes next. You just hope she can figure it out. The uh, spoiler alert: the end is she. <laughs> She leaves but Mike, Elvis after it's he, he sort of. Um, yeah, she leaves Elvis after he like makes this. He tries to like take advantage of her, and uh, it's this whole situation in Vegas. And throughout the movie, she he's like getting her into pills, and you see the downfall of sort of Elvis as a character, which by the way, Jacob Lordy plays fantastically. And then you get to the end, and she leaves, and she drives out of Graceland, and you have the Dolly Parton song, and you're like, I just hope she can make it. I just hope she can get out of there. I mean, what? It, What do we really know about Priscilla other than she was in the Naked Gun movies?
1: (laughs) I don't think we can really make that any better than that was. That's a good, perfect segue that you did there, Mike. Good job. Uh, Yeah, go see the movie. Go go watch it. It's expanding more in theaters. Currently, it is in just about under 1,500, so it'll keep expanding. Our theater was sold out. Sold out. So go get your tickets now. It's gonna be a hot one. You know what we also may be able to get our tickets for, Mike? What's up? Movies. Yes. The sag after strike has come to a close. There has been reports for weeks now that they were going back and forth, had a little bit of debate. The studio said this is going to be their final most best offer that they had to offer. Yeah. You heard a little bit of some of the actors saying, okay, like striking's good, but you also have to know when to take it. And when to just accept your win. And they worked out some of the language surrounding AI. And here we are. November. I almost said October. I missed a whole month. November 8th, 2023. Market as the longest strike ever coming to a close. We got the news last night. The official, at the time of this recording, the official list is not fully out yet. So we don't know everything that is on there. But SAG said that their new deal is valued at $1 billion dollars, historic, historic deal for them there. It also includes streaming participation bonus, which is a huge thing because more recently no one had anything about streaming, residuals, which is huge. Above pattern minimum compensation increase, substantial increases for pension and health caps. Crazy that that, (laughs) just just reading that is- No, like seriously. Pay increases for background actors contract provisions protecting diverse communities major provisions for consent and compensation from AI so it is the officially the first ever protections for actors against artificial intelligence and a historic pay increase the studio heads normally when there's these negotiations it's kind of left to a lot of the other people and the the but the four CEOs they came in and like had a hands-on role the last six weeks. So clearly you can tell how much this was just affecting everything. And we, we knew this. Like, Look at the box office from this fall. We, we, we stopped doing our box office recap for a reason because it's been nothing. Because there's been nothing due to this strike. And we see today all the news that are coming out of everything that we can be coming to expect next year. So I'm going to read that in just a little bit, but I want to get your thoughts first on the strike ending, Mike. What do you have to say with this historic news as we stand here? Finally, the actors can go back. How are you feeling?
0: Pretty happy. I don't think anybody's pretty disappointed in this. This uh, this was a long time coming. Uh, I think it's also really dangerous, though, for other companies or, or workers who want to go on strike. They let all of these famous people go on strike for over 100 days. Like that's insane. How are they going to let like a little person working at some whatever? Yeah. I, I, it's tough. It, it was tough to watch. It was brutal. I'm glad that they can make movies again. I really want to see some deal. more movies. I should also. I think this would have really sucked if we started this podcast uh, earlier this year and then uh, <laughs> couldn't, <laughs> couldn't review movies for a long time. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'm happy. I'm I'm I don't think anybody's disappointed in this, and I hope to see the deal that they struck.
1: Not everything's come out yet. I think you said tomorrow, right? Yeah, it comes out at midnight on Friday morning. Okay. 12.01 is when they will officially put the deal out, but they informed Wonderful. their union that you can go back to work. So today, all the studios, all the actors come to celebrate that the deal has been struck. The Marvels is going to be getting some ads, some press. They're yeah. going on Jimmy Kimmel tomorrow. Loki's also getting oh. some public. Look at that! They can promote their movies again. Crazy. Yeah, uh, this
0: is great for late night. Good for SNL. We don't have to see uh, John Oliver try to pitch you. The bird of the year, <laughs> I think, it was a pretty big stretch for
1: not being able to interview anybody. I'm gonna read you some movie news, Mike. Let's go. I want you to react. and I'm gonna get your opinion on what you're excited for the most out of all of these. Okay. This is all within the last 24 hours as well. Like yeah. It has been insane, <laughs> the news that has come out. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. Actors are returning to record lines within the next two weeks. Whatever. Even though you <laughs> gave the last one five stars.
0: Chill. Like as a movie, but also, I don't know, I'm... I'm, okay. s- I'm multiverse out. I'm superheroed out. I don't really care if that one's not made for another couple years.
1: Well, then this one's not going to get any better. Deadpool three confirmed for summer 2024 and will return filming immediately. <laughs> James Gunn's Superman Legacy. Oh, dude, shut up. To begin filming in March. I don't care about superhero movies. Live action Minecraft. Filming Jason summer- Momoa. Jason Momoa's <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft. Summer of 2024, Mortal Kombat 2. Hey, you know 2? what? Yeah, Mortal Kombat 2. You know what?
0: Video game movies this year. There's some good ones. The Super Mario movie. That was the only the good <laughs> one, and I gave that two stars. So, you know, maybe video game movies aren't moving in the right direction.
1: Mortal Kombat 2 around that time is what they said. I do like Mortal Kombat. And you know what? The movies are bad, but I do like the Mortal Kombat movies. Venom 3 officially oh, got a date. on. November 8, 2024 to start filming the next couple weeks. Stranger Things 5. Where's the bo- next Shakespeare thing?
0: Stranger Things five, bro. What, what did what did you just find the nerdiest list you could possibly find? This you is the Minecraft biggest, movie and Stranger Things five are coming out. This is the biggest news that they could put out because this is their this ten is boring stuff. dude. I don't care about this stuff. This stuff is going. If they never made a deal, this cup, the Disney would have been like, yeah, we're still gonna make superhero movies. I don't care. AI time.
1: Not with the reviews the Marvels have been getting. I don't know about that. Beetlejuice two, two days of filming so far. Yeah, let's go. Starting that back up again. Gladiator two. Excited for that one, the Paul Mescal sequel. Ninety Hell minutes yeah. have already been shot, so that is continuing. The Boy is season four, everything is oh, done yeah. apparently. They just need ADR, so they can go in and do that now. That has a twenty twenty-four release. I did. It's Homelander,
0: and some of my stuff was in there. Butcher, I'm not gonna say it. Don't say what it was, but yeah, some of my stuff was in those pictures. What do you mean? I'll show you after. My what? work, what? my work is in those photos. Oh,
1: uh, okay. Did you see them getting taken? The pictures now. Oh. That would have been cool. No. What, what are you excited for the most out of those? Minecraft, dude. <laughs> Jason Momoa
0: Minecraft movie? That sounds sick. Yeah. Uh, obviously the Minecraft movie. Okay. I'm like ex- I'm probably least excited about all of those combined. If you if you told me, hey, Mike, you have advanced screening to all of these movies. They're not gonna come out for another five years. Yeah, I'd say no. <laughs> okay. Well I don't care about that. Stranger Things five. I like just watched Stranger Things last year and like, yeah, okay, I was kinda into it. This I'm not anymore. Just don't care. But Vecna, I don't care.
1: Vecna's kind of hot, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> what about you? What are you most excited for? It's probably Spider-Man: Beyond the Spider-Verse. Oh, come on. Hopefully that they take their time with it and don't kill their animators this time. And yes, come on. I'm going. If Spider- if the Beyond the Spider-Verse sticks to landing, it will be one of the greatest trilogies of all time. No hyperbole. If ands or buts, roll your eyes all you want. It's probably that one, and then sure, Minecraft. I'm actually kind of excited yeah. for that one too. I think, it, I think kind of uh, Jason Momoa, is he gonna be a blocky boy? I don't know. Or it's just gonna be like he's
0: stranded on an island, and he's got a green shirt and hey, he's I'm zombies. Steve. That's it, bro. Like, come on. It's gonna
1: be. <laughs> There's
0: no way you can make a Minecraft movie. What?
1: You want to hear some more announcements that have come out within? Like, the- I don't know. Are they all gonna be grappy superhero movies? Maybe. Avatar: The Last Airbender. So got- they are. What the <laughs> hell is this? Oh, the Netflix
0: show. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about like Avatar: Way of Water. No. Like what? The, the
1: the third. No. Third one. Yeah. Actually, I mean the M Night Shyamalan sequel. Did you know that was coming out? Surprise. That's not true. Surprise. That'd this is what this crazy. is. No, the Netflix live action got their trailer today, yeah. and the release date February. Of 2024, so it's coming out a lot sooner than actually than I was expecting. John Wick is getting an anime series, so if you like anime, get John Wick in there. Mike is not happy at all. Arcane season two, November 2024, a long time coming for Arcane. Really excited about that one. The Legend of Zelda got a live action yeah <laughs> announcement. Wes Ball, the lovely Maze Runner director, you excited for that one? Silence says everything. Inside Out Two got a trailer today.
0: It all got a trailer today.
1: It did you know? What, you know what trailer came out yesterday? Mean Girls. I'm so stoked for that. Yes, Mean Girls did come out as well. Shrek Five was announced by an intern's LinkedIn. Yes, I saw. It. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> brutal.
0: Hey, you know what? It's it's tough out there for interns.
1: It is tough out
0: there for interns.
1: We see you interns. Yeah, we're we big see. fans of interns. Absolutely, should hire them for full time jobs.
0: Dude, if I was a hiring manager hi, trying to hire an intern, I would I would set him up right away.
1: One oh, of see. us? Two of us. <laughs> Both Why of not? us at yeah. the same time. Get them like a, a show. Well, what do you think that show would be called? <laughs> Should it be called Cinemates? I like that. Okay. All right, keep going. <laughs> Orion in the Dark. This is a DreamWorks animation Charlie Kaufman written film. I had no idea this was coming out. They put the trailer out today, but that kind of intrigues me because Charlie Kaufman – and animation seems devilishly fun, but it's also going to be a kids' film. Yeah, but I think that there's a chance that there could be a lot more adult themes in that. Could be a little fun. Yeah. So that is about it for everything else is announced Hell there. Yeah. Which one are you excited for, Shrek Five? Mean Girls. <laughs> I didn't even put Mean Girls. On the I know. List. I
0: I am though. I'm stoked, dude. It Doesn't look that good. What do you mean it doesn't? It looks exactly like Mean Girls, but it's a musical. Yeah. Did you, have you seen the Broadway musical? No. Oh, the songs ruled. Have you Apex Predator? Yeah, dude. I've seen every musical, live. No, <laughs> but I am on those sites. Okay. Where you can watch all of the musicals. I can't say what it is because then it'll get taken down because we're so popular now. We're absolutely. Popular. I'll show you the website after if you want. To, if you want to watch them. Some- Musicals. Is it someone
1: with a cam recording of the music? No, 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 it's like official recordings. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got one last bit of news here, which I'm not happy about. So I wanted to highlight this after everyone's celebrating the strike being over, all of these big blockbuster tent poles, getting the release dates, all that jazz. Is it the is it the coyote versus Acme? Coyote versus Acme? has been in developments for so long now is actually said that as a joke i did not think you were actually oh no i'm serious the co-written film by james gunn the looney tunes film this film apparently was finished and has been finished stars john cena and was shown to test audiences getting great reviews from them warner brothers decided that it was not worth the cost to release or sell to any buyers and have shelved it indefinitely. Sound familiar? Sounds yeah, just sounds like Batgirl of last year. They're almost exactly- What's with Warner Brothers in doing that? Tax returns. $30 million tax return for this film. Instead of selling it, instead of putting it out into theaters to make money, because Looney Tunes would make money, they tax returned it. Yeah. I, I want to read this tweet- From Brian Duffield, who did the No One Will Save You movie this year, saying, I have seen this movie, and it's excellent. It also tests in the high 90s repeatedly, and it has also had interest with buyers. The people working at Warner Brothers are anti-art, and I hope multiple anvils drop on their heads. The film is getting so many comparisons to Roger Rabbit's. Oh really? James Gunn co writ the film. We know that James Gunn is a very good screenwriter. It sucks, man. The Looney Tunes just don't get love. And this felt like the one film that was gonna be a love letter to Looney Tunes and the Wile E. Coyote and the Road Runner. And I love both of them. I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm so scrap bummed.
0: it for Space Jam Three. <laughs> More LeBron? Wait, LeBron? No, they're gonna get like Ja Morant. <laughs> oh, Jesus,
1: can we do John Miranda pulling a Glock midway through? (laughs) Shoots the the what are they monsters? I I was gonna pitch that the third one be it's gonna
0: be Giannis probably. Yeah, I was also. No, he's too close to. Oh no, but LeBron was there. Nah, it's got to be a next generation. I want
1: a LeBron and Michael Jordan collab, like the two of them together. They. Ah, they, Michael Jordan hates
0: LeBron James.
1: That's why it would be funny.
0: Yeah, it's a battle. Yeah, I'm not saying it wouldn't be funny. It would be very funny.
1: Just Michael Jordan would never do it. Anyway, <laughs> Warner Brothers, you guys helped stop the strike. Good job for paying people properly, bro. But show me the Coyote suck. movie. If it, it's finished, sell yeah, it. Yeah, that's brutal. Sell it. What? What do you mean? Like <laughs> thirty million dollars? Wow. So good, so good. Why not? It's coming out this week, Mike. Let's do it. I got everything written out here. TV is a, honestly, this week in general, very big week, big week. for stuff. You know what sucks, bro? I've been waiting for Mass Singer to drop
0: on demand for like two weeks, and the latest episode still has not come out. Is it Robert Downey Jr. or bro, not? No, I can't watch it. Like, <laughs> listen, if you work at Mass Singer, please tell on demand or put put your product on demand. Can I spoil for you? I really want to watch who, who the latest person was? Yeah. No. <laughs> what? literally the whole reason why you watch the show is you're like take it off take it i want to know who it
1: was like come on okay but i want to know what it is now too because you keep talking about the mask singer on this podcast and i have zero interest but now that you say it's robert downey jr i kind of want to know bro it could be he's not going to get kicked off though he's got a fine voice they got to get rid of all the bad singers first is that how the show works
0: yeah they, you vote it's like american idol but in the moment do you so like know, the audience votes and people at home vote. So if you get voted off, you get, have to take the mask off. Yeah. Oh. And then if you win, you are the best singer. It's like American Idol, but celebrities. And S- you're in a giant costume.
1: Sounds so boring. It's so fun, dude. It, the Santa Claus season two. <laughs> you want some more Tim Allen on your screen? That has started its second season. Somehow got a second season. I don't know how. On Disney Plus. The Buccaneers. This is a period piece TV show that has dropped on Apple TV. Getting really good reviews. Could be worth a check out. 007 Road to a Million. Oh, my God. I forgot to cancel Apple TV. <laughs> Uh-oh.
0: Well, I Payment got it for another through. month, I guess.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. You can watch The Buccaneers. 007 Road to a Million. Remember when Amazon bought all the rights oh, yeah. to 007? This is the first thing they did. Fun story. Brian Cox, Succession star, signed on to do this show as the host because he thought he was the next James Bond villain. What? No way. <laughs> that is a true story that he has said <laughs> this week. Might be my favorite thing that I've ever heard. Brutal. Could you imagine brutal. his agent just sitting him down and be like, Brian, I made a mistake. <laughs> Some bad news for you. We just signed you for this 24-episode season of <laughs> reality is, TV show. Oh, my show. God. He becomes himself, Logan Roy, just telling him to F off. That's brutal. So funny. This one you're excited for, The Curse. Nathan Fielder, the yes. Safty brothers, and Emma Stone combine for this absurd show that is starting its air on Showtime on Friday. Look out for us to be giving you our thoughts on that, because we certainly will be doing that for our next podcast. And for All Mankind season four, huge Apple TV Plus show. There you go. You can watch For All of Mankind. You can watch all three plus seasons of it now. People love that show could be worth a watch. As for movies coming out, a lot of love for movies that start with the this week. The Holdovers, one of the first films. You got to go check this out this weekend. Alexander Payne's newest film you okay over there? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Alexander Payne's newest film, Paul Giamatti, big Paul Giamatti fans on this podcast. I've already seen this. If you have not heard my thoughts on it, you can go back and find it from the TIFF reviews, or you can wait for Mike, and then we can have a full-on review sometime next week. The Killer. The newest David Fincher film, another film I have seen. Not going to give you my thoughts yet on that, waiting for Mike, so we will get will you see it our thoughts weekend. for that next weekend. Excited for that. And the Marvels. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that is. Listen,
0: I, I hear it's actually pretty fun. It's got like, what, 70, 60?
1: On Rotten I, Tomatoes?
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry. You have to adjust for- um, Nerds, nerds being sexist. So I give boost it like twenty percent for what it actually got. It is rotten. Yeah, but moment. what's it at? Like forty-five. I'm gonna guess.
1: No, it was around like fifty-eight last okay. time I checked. So then it's like a solid seventy something. It continues the trend of boosted. bro. you got to give it the nerd boost. Recent Marvel properties going rotten on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Well, first of all, a woman protagonist. No nerd is good. all. All the freaking Marvel it's nerds. Got are like 61%. I, I can't stand women. Oh, like every. What was her first movie? Remember when they review bomb that? Like, grow up, guys. Yeah. We're in 2023 at this point. Like the
1: IMDb review. You bomb. can watch
0: a movie that stars a woman, you losers.
1: What? Really? Yeah. Apparently, people don't know this. Shocking. So that'll probably be the number one film of the weekend. But there's gonna be two other films that we will be bringing you our reviews for next week: the holdovers and the killers. So look out for that. How are you thinking? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, buddy. Feeling like a good spot to wrap up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Play me that music. What was <laughs> that? What were you gonna say? What were you gonna say?
0: I was gonna say "White Boy," like the song. Play that funky music, White Boy. As, oh, as is that wish. copyright? Uh, <laughs> no, we can play under a minute. Okay. Also, I'll cover. I can say whatever I want in my <laughs> own version. Anyway, <laughs> hey, some music. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. I'm Mike Jose Collins. You can find me on X and uh, all of your social medias uh, with that account. Or you can find Jake underscore Schultz 6. Schultz with no T. Without a T. Without a T. Important. Jake underscore Schultz 6 on X. And follow Cinemates Review, Rate, Share. This podcast also on X. Follow us on our TikTok. We do, we will get to addressing those comments that you guys have made uh, lately. And if you like anything that I am wearing on those, please follow could be worse for any fashion stuff. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you look good today. Thank you. This is not. This is not. Could be worse, but uh, they do sponsor my clothing, so thank you. Thank you to Could Be Worse how, how do with I look? Zeros, by the way. How do uh, I look? Zeros. Do I look okay? You look good, man. I like it. What's that? Green Gilded? Sure. <laughs> We're looking good on the Cinemates podcast. Here we are. All right. We will see you guys next week with two brand new reviews and maybe even uh, some more fun. Bye,
1: guys. Bye.